You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Oh, they're done voting. I, again, in the third round of voting, let's bring up the, the little golf background. In the third round of voting, the votes are 212 votes for Hakeem Jeffries, for Speaker of the House. 202 votes for Kevin McCarthy, as Speaker of the House. 20 votes for Jim Jordan, for Speaker of the House. Now, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, this is, they're going in the wrong direction if you're Kevin McCarthy, because in the first two rounds, there were 19 votes each. 19. And in the third round, there were 20. 20 Republican votes against Kevin McCarthy. Now, the same 212 votes voted for Hakeem Jeffries. That's the entirety of the Democratic caucus. So the Democrats have been united all afternoon long, all, well, all day. Sorry, it started, well, it started afternoon. I guess it started at noon. So it, technically I'm correct there. But, oh, my God, talk about um, <laughs> just, Wow. Uh, you know, I called today's show Disorder in the House. Now, if YouTube weren't YouTube, I would have started the program with the Warren Zebon song of the same name because it's just so perfect. Disorder in the House. That's all I could think of all day long. I'm hearing Disorder in the House, but I, but I can't do that. Um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to to read the uh, the chat uh, would be funny if the GOP holdouts told McCarthy, if you don't let Jim Jordan win, we will vote for the Democratic speaker. Oh, that would be fun. Well, Matt Gates said something to that effect, apparently last night in, you know, they had a caucus meeting and things got ugly and testy as they did again this morning, apparently. But, um, Matt Gates said, I would rather see a Speaker Hakeem Jeffries than, <laughs> than Kevin McCarthy win. Now, look, I, me too, but Matt Gates and I don't agree on anything else in the world. So in case you weren't listening or watching, I've subjected myself to it all day long. 
So um, here, this was Kevin McCarthy after the um, the caucus meeting broke up this morning, in which we heard Lauren Boebert yelled out. Bullshit. Of course she did. Right. Uh, this is just bullshit. It sounds like her, too. Right. Anyway, so McCarthy goes out to speak to the uh, the press who is gathered and waiting for some kind of clue as to what's going to happen today. And <laughs> Kevin McCarthy just doesn't get it. Have to come to we have to come to coalition. Oh, Are you going to stay in the race, Leader McCarthy? You're not yes. I'm not going. Yes. Are you sick? Are you no, sick? Like, uh, can I, can I uh, we we did have an sick? intense conference, and it's intense for a purpose. We have worked for a long time. I've been leader for four years. I came into this position, and we had less than 200 members. We are now sitting in the majority. <laughs> yeah, we barely. put forth to the American public a commitment to America. Really? There's times we're going to have to argue with our own members platform. if they're looking at for only positions for themselves, not for the country. For the last two months, we worked together as a whole conference to develop rules that empower all members. But we're not empowering certain members over others. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes if I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels yeah. to take over the church committee well, to have certain budgets. Into their demands and they even all came along. to the position where one Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Ooh. Well, that's not about America. <laughs> and I will always fight to put the American people first, you will? not a few individuals that want something for themselves. Excuse so we may me. have a battle on the floor, uh -huh. but the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. What do you correct? The, the battle is for the conference and the country. Yeah. The problem is, is that you have a math problem. You just can't get there. So you have a math problem. what do you do on the 10th vote, the 30th vote, the 50th vote? If it just doesn't move. Look, I, I have the record for the, the longest on the floor. I don't have a problem getting a record for the most votes for speaker oh too. Thank God. you all. Well, you I don't oh I don't God. I don't see how a few people, <laughs> maybe it's 5, maybe it's 20, mm -hmm. sit because they want a gavel that they can't earn by the conference of themselves. That would be interesting to me. That's not what the constituents voted him for. Oh. Oh. So there's there's Kevin McCarthy going, "It's my job." I earned it. It's my turn, damn it. <laughs> and so they're going to keep people there, I guess, around the clock. Here's the thing. So in the first two rounds of voting, there were 19 Republican votes against Kevin McCarthy. In the third round, there was 20. Who was the 20th? Well, for that, just come on down to Florida. Representative Byron Donalds. Interesting name, Byron Donalds, who had backed McCarthy on the first two ballots, switched his vote to Jim Jordan. McCarthy has insisted that he'll stay in until he wins. But uh, while well, this is from the Washington Post, this alert, it says, but his path to the speakership is unclear. You think? Oh, and now... There's somebody else who wants the job. You know, everybody is is almost afraid to, um, you know, to to throw their own hat in the ring. But there's one guy, sort of a former guy, who just released this statement, moment, literally moments ago. Many people are saying, "No, no, no, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> shut up." Ooh. I never endorsed Kevin. I don't even know his last name. This, you know, <laughs> I called him my Kevin. Remember the, there was a toy, my buddy, my yep. buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. That's what I meant. He was sort of like a dummy that I could sit on my lap and say, oh, hello, my Kevin. You, you do everything I say and you agree with me and you'll always defend me. Oh, my God. Thank you for being my Kevin, my Kevin, my Kevin, my, my Kevin. Kevin and Trump. So basically what I'm saying is. I alone nominate myself to mm. become Speaker of the House. Okay. It's, a total, it's a total disaster what's going on in the House. Total disaster. And right. I propose something, Kevin, whoever, the, whoever he is, this person that I don't know very well, he can go bye-bye, yeah. okay? Yeah. And what I suggest is to save the House and to save the country, I will run as Speaker of the House in a rare <laughs> throuple. <laughs> 
with Lauren Bobert, who's cute, <laughs> and Marjorie Taylor Green. Oh God. Who looks like Doug the Bounty Hunter, but he's tough. <laughs> you know, that's what you want in a threat You want somebody who you want to have strong relations with. And yeah. then you want somebody who'll be sort of like the junkyard dog. If anybody walks into the room, okay. to interrupt strong thruppling. And that's thruple. what Martin oh, Taylor Green is. Very gotcha. tough, very nasty. And I think we'd make a great thruple of the house. So I'm here once again <laughs> to save not only the GOP, but the entire country, to be honest. So uh, Karen McCarthy, you can go bye-bye. <laughs> you did great stuff during the... Uh, communism times uh-huh. with my friend Ray Cohn, who we don't talk about anymore because he let's just say all the all the AIDS drugs went to Magic Johnson because they woke Fauci <laughs> made sure that Magic Johnson got all the AIDS drugs and Ray Cohn was left asking me sir can you get me some of those AIDS mm-hmm. drugs mm-hmm. and I said sorry Ray can't pick up the phone right now but you're not woke enough to get the AIDS drugs oh, but the point is Bobert Trump, Green, Thruple of the House, Save America, donate at my website, and we'll see what happens. You see, that's what happens when you're Kevin McCarthy and you don't have any principles whatsoever. You know, yesterday, um, Digby was here and I played a clip of Kevin McCarthy just a few days after January 6, 2021, when he said, you know, Donald Trump is responsible. And then, of course, he flew down to Mar-a-Lago to, as I said, um, kiss the mushroom dick. And that's where he is. And so to hear him saying to the media earlier, uh, you know, we got to do the people's work. Oh, please. He wouldn't understand putting the country in front of party or power or power. <laughs> um, it, he just he has no principles. So with a little bit of musical advice for what Kevin should have been doing all along. We turn it over to our friend Mangy Fetlocks. Take it away, Mangy. I think. Here we go. <laughs> Howdy folks, Meachy Fedlocks here with a song about that poor dumb Mark Meadows. Ah, Mark Meadows was burning documents when he should have been burning Trump. Those documents should have been preserved while old Donald should have been dumped. Now it seems Mark may be burned for burning, sad that he's so slow in learning and too dense to be discerning, caving into Trump's desire. Mark's now fuel for the fire. Oh, okay. That's the way it goes. Short and sweet. Mangy fetlocks there for you. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, (laughs) I'd rather listen to that than some of what we heard today. But just to, you know, in case you had to work and missed all the excitement, it began, well, it began with a prayer. Really. 12 noon Eastern, a prayer. Again, separation, church, state, I don't understand, but whatever. Then the clerk, a woman named um, Cheryl Johnson, got up and made some announcements because, you know, because we have a house without a speaker. So until a new speaker is elected, Cheryl Johnson is the, I guess, the pro forma speaker. Um, so, uh, but, but here, when they finally got around to it, here's how it all began. The, 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 uh, Cheryl Johnson, the clerk sitting, you know, acting speaker, um, did her opening stuff. And then she said, she said, oh, come on, here we go. Pursuant to law and precedent, the next order of business is the election of the Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress. Okay, let's get Nominations are now in order. Okay. The clerk recognizes the gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Stefanik. Madam Clerk, on behalf of the House Republican Conference, I rise today to nominate the gentleman from California, Kevin Thea, Speaker of the House, to lead America's new Republican majority. Although it may be, 
all right, I'm not going to subject you to this whole thing. One-party Democrat rule. The American people have suffered from a historic border crisis, uh, rampant crime, really? crippling inflation, uh-huh. rising energy costs, runaway debt, unconstitutional attacks on our fundamental freedoms and weakness at home and abroad. Really? The people no. across this great nation spoke loudly and clearly that they wanted a new direction. <laughs> they did? They wanted a new really? direction to they stop. They, they did? Because uh, if, they had, if they really wanted a new direction, they would have given you that red wave that you kept saying you were going to have. Oh, but I digress. I'm sorry. Keep going, Liz. Oh, pursuant, oh, it goes back to the beginning. Oh, pursuant shoot. to law, the American spirit okay. to work hard and dream big. This spirit that built our great nation is what we need in our next speaker. Kevin McCarthy is a strong conservative. He, he is? is proudly pro-life, a uh. supporter of our Second Amendment rights, and he is committed to stopping wasteful government spending okay. and shrinking the size of government. Okay, thanks, thanks, uh, Elise. That's about all I can take of Elise Stefanik. So she went on like that for another two and a half minutes. Uh, she spoke for about six minutes or so, nominating Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. But here was the fun part of today. And you'll hear as we go through some of this, the Republicans were not enjoying this. You know who was having fun with it? The Democrats. The clerk now recognizes the gentleman from California, Mr. Aguilar. Madam Clerk, I rise today at the direction of the House Democratic Caucus to place into nomination for election to the position of Speaker of the House of Representatives, the pride of Brooklyn, Hakeem Jeffries of New York. The Democrats were in lockstep and they were raucous and they were flamboyant and they were having fun. They know they're not going to win the speakership, but they were there to show that they're united, which was kind of a wonderful thing to see. Because the disorder in the House is all on the other side. So this goes on, but, but the trolling comes really good here. Today, Madam Clerk... House Democrats are united. United. That's the theme of the day. United by a speaker who will put people over politics. Hakeem Jeffries has worked his entire life to improve economic opportunity for all people. Okay. He is committed to strengthening the American dream by lowering costs for working families building safer communities, by taking weapons of war off streets, and by creating good-paying jobs in industries of the future. As we work to implement our historic legislative accomplishments of the last two years, House Democrats are united behind a speaker who wants to make things in America and bring home jobs that have been shipped overseas to write a tax code. To write a tax code that rewards hard work, not wealth. To invest in clean energy that reduces our country's dependence you on fossil fuels. You hear he's talking about policy, something we don't hear rights. from the other we side. We are united. Policy, what, an, what, is, what a concept. We are unified behind a speaker who is an unapologetic advocate for protecting and expanding our freedoms. He does not traffic in extremism. He does not grovel to or make excuses for a twice-impeached so-called former president. Hello. This is the trolling here. Madam Clerk, he does not bend a knee to anyone who would seek to undermine our democracy. Oh! Boom! Because, Madam Clerk, that's not what leaders do. That's not what leaders do. Because he understands what great (laughs) leaders of this house understand, that this body and this institution are best equipped to serve the needs 
of this democracy and the beautiful mosaic of the members it sends. Ah. That our responsibility as members of this body is to protect the American dream and honor the sacrifice of the generations before us. You go, Like Pete. the sacrifice of a mother and a social worker who borrowed against her pension to put her children through school. Mom and dad were determined that their children would graduate without any debt so that they could pursue their dreams to the best of their ability, no matter the hardship or the sacrifice. Today, Hakeem's leadership style is quite simple. Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. Ah, spread love, it's the Brooklyn way. Okay. I I got that. (laughs) Guess it was trolling. They were fun, they were having fun, they were partying. And And it's born of this working class upbringing in that same borough. Hakeem and his brother were raised in the first home that their parents ever bought, thanks to their collectively bargained salary, and it's where they live today. Wow. It was in this house where his younger brother saw a future leader, where his mother saw a thoughtful, passionate young man, and where his father saw a competitor, whose GPA went up when his younger brother started high school. (laughs) His family always at his side, some here with us today and some watching from home. His mom and dad, Kenny, JJ, Joshua, and his younger brother, Dr. Hassan Jeffries. Mrs. Jeffries and her husband told their sons, it doesn't matter what you do, but it has to be done in the service of people. Okay. And that's how Hakeem will lead. He's going to serve all of us so that we can best serve the American public. That selflessness, that commitment to success of those around you is what shaped his career and what will shape our joint future together. He knows success isn't about personal achievement. He's a leader who will be with you in the beginning, whether it's your bill and an important priority in your district. He'll ride alongside you as you do the work, and he'll be there at the end to see you through. Because he knows that our success means that we can raise the quality of life for our constituents, creating better jobs and building safer communities. He has guided every step of the way by his faith and his mom, his mom instilled in him Sunday mornings weren't always easy in the Jeffries house. The young man who knew he wanted to be a lawyer would argue with his mom about going to church. All right, so this is Pete Aguilar speaking, giving his nominating speech, nominating Hakeem Jeffries to be Speaker of the House. You see, what happens is, and I'll bring it back up towards the end, but he's doing doing okay. It's a well-written speech, not very well-delivered, but that's a story for another day. Uh, Pete Aguilar, the newest uh, part of the new trio of leadership for the House Democrats. Um, And so he did, he nominated Hakeem Jeffries for each of the three rounds of voting that they've already done. And hold on, while this is playing, I'm just going to check in. Yeah, they're... And to see what they're going to do next. And it doesn't seem to be... uh, They're just just, uh, mulling about on the House floor. I guess we've oh a fourth a, a fourth vote is expected. Ay ay ay. So um so this this happened this went on right uh, and let me let me just go to the end so you can hear. Uh, I guess that he already finished. Here we go. Wait 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 wait. Maybe the progress that Here the we. country wants to continue for this Congress and for our country. Therefore, as chair of the Democratic Caucus, I am directed by the vote of that caucus to present for election to the Office of Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress the name of the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries, representative-elect from the state of New York. Okay, so that was uh, Pete Aguilar's nominating speech for Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker. So then they're about to go on and have the vote, but but the clerk asks... Before before we go to the vote, would anybody else want to nominate anybody else? And, well, this happened. The names of the Honorable Kevin McCarthy, a representative-elect oh, from the state of California, and the Honorable Hakeem Jeffries, a representative-elect from the state of New York, have been placed in nomination. Are there further nominations? The gentleman from Arizona is recognized. And he's no gentleman. This is Paul Gosar. America knows that Washington is broken. 
The power doesn't reside in the speaker. It doesn't in the majority leader, nor the minority leader, nor the whips. The power resides in we, the people, the people who entrusted us here, each individual member, to represent their district, their state, and the federal government. Yeah. Washington's broken. We're the last ones to know. <laughs> you broke Wise person it. once told me, oh, good please. process builds good policy, builds good politics. What? We got to return to that. <laughs> you wouldn't know it if it bit it you on the ass. It was place the name of my friend and colleague from Arizona, Annie Biggs, oh, for God. Speaker of the House. Thank you. Rousing. Oh, big, big support for Andy Biggs. Are there further nominations? No. So then they voted. And 19, count them, 19 Republicans did not vote for McCarthy on the first ballot. Here's a a lovely picture for those of you watching video of Steve Kornacki in front of the 19. They are Andy Biggs, Dan Bishop, Lauren Boebert, Josh Breshin, Michael Cloud. A lot of these people I've never heard of before. Andrew Clyde, Eli Crane, Matt Gates, Bob Good, Paul Gosar, Andy Harris, Anna Paulina Luna, Florida, of course, uh, Marty Miller, Ralph Norman, Andy Ogles, Scott Perry, Matt Rosendale, Chip Roy, and Keith Self. So they had another vote, right? So they, they, uh, the, between the second round, wait, was that, that was the first round. The first round was um, uh, McCarthy, Hakeem Jeffries, and Andy Biggs. And actually, Andy Biggs got something like six votes. You know what? I don't have the final tally of the first round here just because it got so confusing. Um, but Jim Jordan got a number of votes, too, and as, as did a few other, like, random people, right? So they come back, and they, got, they come back for a second nominating round. And this time, speaking for the Republicans, oy, Jim Jordan gets up. Jim Jordan gets up uh, to do this. For what purpose does the gentleman from Ohio seek recognition? I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. So, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to subject you to Jim Jordan because he did his usual shit. You know, Uh, everything he accused the Democrats of doing, he did. You know, playing placing politics above policy, and oh, it's just the typical shit, right? Then Pete Aguilar got up. He did his second nominating speech for um, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Took a few digs at Jim Jordan, and then they had to come up the 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 I don't know what you want to call them the spoilers in the Republican caucus had to come up with another person to nominate because Andy Biggs didn't do the trick. So Matt Gates gets up and does this. For what purpose does the gentleman from Florida rise? To nominate a candidate for Speaker of the House. The gentleman is recognized. Well, sometimes we have to do jobs that we don't really want to do. And sometimes <laughs> we have to do jobs that we are called to do. And so my colleagues, I rise to nominate the most talented, hardest working member of the Republican conference who just gave a speech with more vision than we have ever heard from the alternative. Uh, I'm nominating Jim Jordan. Of course. Jim Jordan is is humble. Perhaps today, humble to a fault. Maybe the right person for the job of speaker of the house isn't someone who wants it so bad. Maybe the right person for the job of speaker of the house isn't someone who has sold shares of themselves for more than a decade to get it. Maybe Jim Jordan is the right person for Speaker of the House because he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests (laughs) who have corrupted this place and corrupted this nation under the leadership of both Republicans and Democrats. Is he casting aspersions on Kevin McCarthy? Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person for Speaker of the House because he wouldn't fight us when we try to get a term limits bill on the floor. 
Maybe Jim Jordan would be the right person because he wouldn't fight us when we try to put a balanced budget on the floor and vote for it. And maybe Jim Jordan is the right person because he would endorse the plan that was built by the Texas delegation to finally secure our border. What? Mr. Jordan said in his nomination that there are certain bills that we have to pass to fix the problem. Yeah. The challenge well. is the alternative has been someone voting for the very bills that have caused these problems. Mr. Jordan says that we cannot accept legislation like the omnibus, and I fully agree. And if Jim Jordan were Speaker of the House, if he were the leader <laughs> of the Republican team, we wouldn't have that circumstance. And while Matt Gates is doing this, he's standing like right in front of Kevin McCarthy, who's smirking through this whole our thing. Americans and. Finally, Mr. Jordan said we must engage in rigorous oversight. Every one of my Republican colleagues knows that the person who can lead that oversight effort, who works on it every day, who has the skill and the talent and the will is Jim Jordan. I'm nominating him and I'm voting for him. Aye, aye, aye. Well, guess what? 19, those same 19 Republicans who voted against Kevin McCarthy in the first round, all voted for Jim Jordan in the second round, even though Jim Jordan gave the nominating speech for Kevin McCarthy. These people are nuts. We, we, they're talking about the, the, the nation is in peril. They need to fix things because the, the Democrat Party so destroyed it. So what do they do? They waste the entire first day of the 218th Congress with this bullshitty infighting while the Democrats are just having a party. Say, okay, we're here. We're doing our thing. We're having fun. We're united, baby. And the Republicans went back for a third vote. A third vote. This time, it was Steve Scalise who stood up and nominated Kevin McCarthy. For what purpose does the gentleman from Louisiana rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy for the position of Speaker of the House. It's deja vu all over again. My God. Ay, ay, ay. The gentleman is recognized. Thank you, Madam Clerk. We all came here to get things done. (laughs) To get big things done. Sure you did. To solve the problems. And I hope when we get through today that all of the members on both sides of the aisle will join together with us <laughs> to solve the problems, to address inflation that is crushing middle class families, to get control over spending that's driving that inflation. Will the, Madam Clark. Will the House be in order? Okay, I have no idea what was going on, but there was some disorder in the House while Steve Scalise was talking, and he went on for another five minutes. And no, I'm not going to subject you to that. What I will do, though, is play for you the entirety of Pete Aguilar's third nominating speech to nominate Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker. You ready? Get ready. For what purpose does the gentleman from California rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Hakeem Jeffries for unity in Congress. has been recognized. For unity in Congress and progress in our country. Democrats are united behind Hakeem Jeffries. I recommend Hakeem Jeffries as our speaker. And Thank that you, was Clark. it. Short and sweet. And, you know, I got to also say that du- during their voting, you know, the Republicans were also serious and not having fun. The Democrats, on the other hand, were yucking it up, giving big speeches. I nominate the I am proud to vote for the great, you know, Prince of Brooklyn. Just having fun you know this is the day that all the members bring their kids their families to they're allowed to bring them on the floor this day only and it was supposed to be a fun day and and again the democrats were having fun the republicans not so much so again um so what's happened now they've gone home for the night they've adjourned until tomorrow at 12 noon when they will do this all over again because these you know i don't know if they're part of the freedom caucus i don't know if they're you know they grew out of the teabaggers these are the the assholes 
of the asshole party. I mean, the, the party itself is just filled with jerks, right? And, and these are the dregs of the, the jerks. Um, but, of course, they couldn't just go to the third round of voting just having Kevin McCarthy against um, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. So this time it was Chip Roy. Do you remember Chip Roy? You got to see him during the insurrection, you know, freaking out and barricading the door to the chamber. And then a few days later calling it, a you know, a tourist day at the Capitol. That's Chip Roy. And he stood up in all kinds of, of, um, uh, of, of, uh, uh, pissed offedness. For what purpose does the gentleman from Louisiana rise? Madam Clerk, I rise to nominate Kevin McCarthy wait, for the position of Speaker of the House. Hold on. I hit the, hit the wrong one. This is the one. For what I purpose think. does the gentleman from Louisiana... Oh, I hit the wrong one. Oh, well, I, pull, I pulled the wrong one. That producer of mine, I'm going to fire her, damn it. Anyway, you know, it was just... He goes, goes through a whole thing chastising the chamber for for you know not doing rising to the occasion for not putting country ahead of party it's like hello do you see who is in the caucus with you there and then he goes ahead and nominates jim jordan again and again this time the third vote there were not only 19 votes for jim jordan there were 20 Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, Robert Naples, hey. My God, Nicole, you made the last 34 minutes hilarious. Thank you. Oh, my <laughs> oh God. I'm glad. <laughs> so yeah, now you know I've what happened. Cause... I've been listening. On... Go ahead. Yeah, you were at work today, right? I'm still doing. I'm working right now. I'm trying to get to, I'm trying to, get to the yard where I can drop off my truck and get my car and go home and watch some of this. But I don't think huh? I have to. You, you, you don't you have, have to. to. You really don't have to. Yeah. No, but what I, you know what? We should start trolling a little harder. Oh God! You know, that, uh, Aguilar, the Aguilar guy should say, "Hey, listen, you know this is the fourth time I'm over here, and I wanted to say this. Obviously, you guys can't get the two car funeral together <laughs> over there. Listen, you got you got a guy McCarthy. Nobody you nobody likes him over there. Nobody. You know we don't like him either. Right. You know, so pick some. Well, how about this? You you take you know you Republicans over there who are in swing districts. You come over here, you turn independent, give your vote over here to Mr. Jeffries, and we'll find you a nice gavel. We'll give you a seat somewhere nice and nice, and let's, let's get to work. You know, and that's all you got to say. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I would really? think, I would think that tonight there are going to be some phone calls made, and there are going to be, there's going to be some wheeling and dealing that people are going to try to get done. Who knows what will happen, but they're back tomorrow at noon to do it again. Because, you know, it's not like no, they have important work to take care of or anything. No, no, no. This is their work. This is trolling each other has become their number one job, you know? And that's <laughs> all they do. That's, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't see it finding someone tomorrow either. I think this goes oh, no. farther and farther. This, this could go on for a while. The last time that uh, the speaker was not decided on the first ballot was 100 years ago. It was 1923, and it took nine votes, nine ballots, which they only got through three of them today. And they're not starting until noon tomorrow, so I guess they don't feel like there's any urgency here. No, but, you know, Aguilar, some some Democrats should say, let's let's, let's end this, you know? I mean, come on. I mean, this is... Uh Uh-oh. I think we, I think we, lo- people, oh. <laughs> there you no, are. I, I'm sorry, real fast, real quick. You know, it's obviously that the Democrats, the Republicans don't want the job. They just don't, they, their job is always just to be a nitpicking scumbags and, 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 and critique. You know, they don't actually want to fix anything. They just want to complain. Right. You know, that's so, what they do. You know, they're, and, and going into the next election, they're, if they are the House, if they control the House, they have to answer for what they did. And they don't want to do that going into the next presidential cycle. They'd rather have Jeffries have this gavel. I, I, I bet you, deep down inside, if you were to ask a, a, a Republican, they would say, "You know what? Let them let them leave. Mm. We'll just stay over here and bark and cry." Yeah, I don't All know. Right. But- With that said. Okay. Uh, go. <laughs> okay. Go All right, Robert, you have a good one. I'm glad I could inform you on what happened today. Oh, all right. There's there's Robert. All right. So 
Now, this isn't the only thing that happened today, because today was the first business day of 2023. Yesterday, of course, was the legal holiday because New Year's Day fell on a Sunday. So, although some governors were sworn in yesterday in Arizona, they wasted no time. They're like, we're going to get Katie Hobbs in here now. Screw the holiday. Let's get her sworn in. So she's governor and Carrie Lake is a little bit further away from us. Here in Florida, I don't know, they did it today. And because Ron DeSantis is now sworn in for his second term, um, I was happy this morning to awaken to an email from the group called um, uh, DeSantis Watch. You know, look, you know that I'm leaving Florida because of this idiot. So um, I've made it my mission to let the rest of the country know that Ron DeSantis is not the saner alternative to Donald Trump, that Ron DeSantis is a dangerous, ugly, bully, fascist of a, I was going to say man, but he's not much of a man, an unmanly man. Let's put it that way. Um, I just can't find the right words, but, but DeSantis watch put out a video so you would know exactly who we're dealing with. So let's uh, share that with you now, shall we? Take it away, DeSantis Watch. This is the real Ron. There's a threat coming for all of us. Four years ago, Ronald Dion DeSantis was sworn in as governor of Florida. But how did he get there? As a congressman, Ron was a founding member of the far-right so-called Freedom Caucus members of the United States House of Representatives who prided themselves on their right-wing extremism. After claiming to be a small government conservative, Ron followed the shifting political tides, adopting the divisive and narcissistic ideas of his new hero, Donald Trump. Uh. Ron became a fixture on Fox News, expressing his devotion to Trump at every turn, finding no scandal or racist, sexist remark too awful to defend. After shamelessly giving up his dignity to the former president, Ron finally got what he wanted, Trump's endorsement of his run for Florida governor. (laughs) Yeah, he did. But it was a trick. Ron DeSantis never cared about Donald Trump. He only cared about continuing his climb up the political ladder, using the former president for his own gain. Ron only cared about one thing, his own political ambition. As governor, Ron unleashed a series of ruthless attacks on the freedoms of the people he was elected to serve. He attacked reproductive freedom, signing an abortion ban with no exceptions for rape and incest. He attacked the freedom to vote, putting in place an elections police force in support of the big lie, and gerrymandered congressional maps that limit minority representation. He attacked the health and safety of the LGBTQ plus community, putting them in harm's way to appeal to the furthest fringes of the extreme right. He attacked our freedom to an affordable way of life, doing the bidding of his billionaire and corporate donors who jack up the costs of housing and electricity while keeping our wages low. With our democracy under attack, there is no greater threat to all of our freedoms than Ron DeSantis. Now is not the time to give up. We must stand together and hold Ron DeSantis accountable because we all deserve our version of the American dream. Yeah, yeah, and not that, not, not the Ron DeSantis version of that so-called dream. So I, I want to um, give some credit to the group who put that video together. Joining us now on the line is Anders Croy. He's the communications director for DeSantis, uh, DeSantisWatch.org. Anders, are you there? I am, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, thank you for being here. We have Anders as a disembodied voice because he's a little under the weather. And I thank you for coming on despite not feeling great today. Um, No, absolutely. This is so important. We want to make sure we're getting the word out. So thank you for having me. And apologies for being a little scratchy. Oh, no, no worries at all. So, look, I'm sitting down here in South Florida. I'm I'm in Coral Springs. And I'm, you know, I'm mortified by the fact that there are people out there saying, I I heard somebody on one of the, you know, the cable news channels saying, oh, well, DeSantis is a little more palatable than Donald Trump. No, he isn't. No, I I think one thing that folks need to really keep in mind here is that uh, Ron DeSantis has, over the last four years, relentlessly attacked our freedoms. He's relentlessly attacked our ability to uh, live an affordable life here in the state of Florida to live as the people we want to be. 
Uh, and one of the things that you saw time and time again with the former president is that he would let his own sort of personal petty grievances get in the way. Uh, he didn't actually know how to enact a legislative agenda. Uh, but what Ron DeSantis would bring to the presidency is that sort of focused uh, ability to legislate and ability to push through an agenda that the former president never was. And so what we really want to let folks know is that Ron DeSantis is extremely dangerous. The agenda that he's pushed here in Florida can easily be an agenda that gets pushed nationwide. Um, you saw today, I heard you talking about as I came on here, the chaos that's going on with Republicans in, in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis is the type of person who can get that thing in line and can get these policies through that really put all of our freedoms under attack. So we want to get the word out there. We want to make sure that this idea that Ron DeSantis is somehow a moderate version of the MAGA movement, uh -uh. Uh, that is completely untrue and, and completely false. Right. And here's the thing. Here's what I tell people. He's more dangerous than Trump because he's better educated. So he has a better understanding of how things work. Trump is it was the kind of guy still is, who throws all this shit against the wall and see, to see what sticks. I mean, his thing was chaos. Get as much crap out there. There's no way they can possibly deal with all of it. So, you know, some of it's going to fall through the cracks. DeSantis is more calculated than that. But he's, he's, not a, he's not a brain surgeon. He's not a rocket scientist. He's kind of a doofus. And if anybody watched the debate against Charlie Crist, you saw this deer in headlights kind of guy, which is what gives me hope, Anders, because um, I was talking yesterday with Digby, where I, he, could, he could turn out to be another Scott Walker and just fizzle on the national stage because he's got no personality. Well, right? I think this governor... Uh, from the very beginning, as you said, he, uh, you know, is he's pretty intelligent overall, but he is very focused on his own political ambitions. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to note for folks out there, uh, Ron DeSantis, besides his first time, his first two years in Congress, that was the only time he ever ran for reelection. Uh, he ran for the United States Senate in 2016 before he had to let go of that when Marco Rubio decided to run again. And then he immediately ran for governor. Uh, now that he's won reelection for governor, you can tell he's already uh, from his speech today and from his actions over the last two years and uh, what we expect to see happening in the upcoming legislative session, looking for higher office again. Uh, this is a man who has really no political ideological core. It is all about just relentless political opportunism, and he doesn't care who he has to put, uh, what marginalized communities he has to hurt in order to put uh, put himself into the political position that he wants. He's trying to climb a political ladder. It's all about his own ambition. And we need to band together as Floridians and as Americans in order to stop him and make sure that we put people in charge who are actually looking out for our best interests, uh, the things that matter to us, uh, especially here in the state of Florida. We have an affordability crisis. Uh, <laughs> we can't afford the cost of housing. We can't afford property insurance, utility rates, uh, health care. Uh, but the governor's not talking about that. He's talking about whatever the craziest right-wing fringe idea is of the day, because that's who he thinks he needs to be talking to right now, uh, not what actually matters to the people he was elected to serve. Right. You know, I was, I'm trying to tell, because we've got listeners all over the country, actually around the world. And when DeSantis came into office two years ago, he, he knew we had a, a, a homeowner's insurance crisis and said that he was going to convene a special session of the legislature to deal with it. Well, the, the special session convened all right, but he decided, eh, we're not going to deal with homeowners insurance. Instead, we'll, 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 we'll make it illegal for teachers to say gay in the classroom, you know, to, 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 to stop woke. And that was a big part of his, um, I guess, his speech today, which I honestly did not really listen to. But he again doubled down on Florida being the place where woke comes to die. I'm sorry, I appreciate people being awakened to the bigotry and the uh, the inherent racism in our society and to wanting to be better people and to do better by their neighbors. To me, that's what wokeness is, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think you, you mentioned, you know, we've seen two property insurance special sessions now that have resulted in about $3 billion in taxpayer giveaways to the insurance industry. Uh, the insurance industry is one of the biggest donors to Ron DeSantis. Uh, what you've seen with him time and time again is that he will do the bidding of his billionaire and corporate donors at the expense of Floridians. Now, whether that's what you're talking about with a tax on teaching of honest history 
or, um, you know, putting uh, or letting kids be themselves in the classroom, mm-hmm. um, letting our, uh, you know, our LGBTQ community exist uh, peacefully and be able to uh, function in society. Um, all Ron DeSantis will ever do is put his needs first, his political ambitions first, the and, and the needs of the people who fund his campaigns over and over again. This is a man who just raised $200 million, the most money that's ever been raised for a gubernatorial oh campaign God. in United States history. That money's coming in from major corporations, from billionaires, from multimillionaires, um, from some of the largest corporate titans in the country, and they're not giving that money out of the goodness of their heart. They're giving it because they know they have a governor who is going to do their bidding, and they know that they would like to see him take that next step to the White House. And we need to all make sure that we are doing all we can to spread the word and prevent that from happening because Ron DeSantis is dangerous, and it is our job as uh, as Americans, as Floridians, to make sure that we stop him. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with Anders Croy, and Anders is the communications director of of uh, DeSantisWatch.org, which is um, uh, w- part of a, a coalition, I guess. Of um, tell us tell us about your group, uh, uh, Progress Florida and Florida Watch and DeSantis Watch. Who, who are you guys? Absolutely. Um, so DeSantis Watch is a joint accountability project of Progress Florida and Florida Watch. Uh, we are progressive nonprofit organizations who are working to enact positive change here in the state of Florida. Um, We are trying to hold politicians accountable, um, advance progressive legislation and policies that can make the world a better place and uh, try to try to build a more fair and just Florida for every single one of us. So um, we work together on this project because we think as both organizations that this is vitally important to the people of our state uh, and to the future of Florida overall. Um, To tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a sixth generation Floridian. This means a lot to me personally. Um, And so, you know, we are doing everything we can to make sure that we are holding this governor accountable uh, and making sure that people know about the attacks on our freedoms that he is doing every single day here in the state of Florida. To this governor, freedom is a campaign slogan, and we need to make sure that he's not able to get away with talking about something that doesn't actually mean what he says it means. Right. Uh, and, and you guys are doing great work. And I'm so appreciative of this. By the way, up at DeSantisWatch.org, you do have a list of the, uh, well, the top 17 donors to uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, coffers. Uh, it starts with the Republican Governors Association, but you got Ken Griffin, Robert Bigelow, the Seminole Tribe of Florida. Hmm, interesting he did that whole gambling Packed with them when he came into office, uh, Duke Energy uh, looks like uh, uh, some uh, the Perlmutter family. I mean, it goes on and on. But your Club for Growth, um, Uline, this is these office supply people. I mean, you've got you. You're telling us where the money's coming from and who DeSantis is beholden to. Yeah, you can go to our Influence Watch tab, uh, which is where you are right now on DeSantisWatch.org. We have put together a fully searchable database of all donations over $5,000 to the governor's political committee and the Republican Party of Florida since he became governor. Uh Um, We have also grouped those together. So, you know, you see the Uline family there. That's both um, the husband and the wife. Um, We've also bundled together some folks who give from different LLCs so you can see where all that money is coming from. Uh, when somebody gives from more than one entity. Here in the state of Florida, you can give unlimited sums of money from uh, corporations, from LLCs, from personally, if you would like to. Um, So we think it's important to highlight who those folks are who are trying to influence the governor so that you can make a decision on what you think they're trying to get in return. Um, I think you see number 12 here on the list is the Realtors Pack of Florida. Uh, Obviously, housing costs in the state have exploded. Uh, Rents are up more than 30 percent since the pandemic started across the state. Housing prices are up uh, by about 15 to 17 percent across the state. Um, These are just not sustainable conditions. And you have to wonder why the governor's not doing anything. Well, look who's funding his political ambitions. And that's, that's right. what we want folks to have the ability to do. So we encourage you to go to santiswatch.org, explore all the things that we have available there, but especially our influence watch tab. We think that's a great resource for folks. Definitely. And, and make no mistake about it. Today's inaugural address was his entree into the 2024 presidential race. Do you have any, any doubt that that's where, what he's uh, planning on doing? Uh, not at all. I mean, I think you saw it in, in the speech today. Um, he did nothing to focus on those problems that we've outlined before. He talked nothing about the issues that are confronting Floridians. 
Uh, what he gave was a speech that was clearly focused on voters in other states, uh, on issues that are not impacting the day-to-day pocketbook and kitchen table issues that people here in the state are dealing with. Um, so I think as we move closer to session, the governor is going to continue his attacks on um, abortion, his attacks on uh, the LGBTQ plus community. I think we're going to see uh, a push for permitless carry here in the state where folks without background checks are going to be able to carry weapons yep. um, at any time. Um, these are all issues that are important to the fringe right, and they are not the issues that matter to us, to Floridians every day, uh, but they are the issues that he's going to continue to push, and we need to be ready to fight back against that. So uh, people can go to uh, DeSantisWatch.org and get all information on how they can help uh, share the message. You've got a lot of, you know, I've been putting, since since you're not with us on video today, I've been putting some slides up of different things about DeSantis from your site. There's lots of shareable content there. Absolutely, yeah. We have... Uh, We encourage you to come sign up um, so we can keep in touch by email. You can also follow us across all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube as well. Um, Throughout the website, as you said, we have shareable graphics that are available. We also have one-click posts that you can put onto your Twitter account um, that are already preloaded for you to look at, as well as um, a look at the issues that Ron DeSantis is wrong on. If you want to get out there and tell your fellow Floridians, tell fellow uh, Americans, Uh, about where Ron DeSantis stands on these issues. We're hoping to give you that opportunity to do that. So please, DeSantisWatch.org. We encourage you to come be a part of this movement uh, and help us to hold Ron DeSantis accountable for his failures of leadership. Great. Thank you for the work you're doing. It's so important, and we need to join forces to make sure everybody around the country understands who Ron DeSantis is. Uh, uh, so we've got our work cut out for us. And thank I'm so glad we're on the same side. Andrews Corey, thank you for joining us. I hope you feel better. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm looking forward to being back soon. Thank you. Uh, uh, me too. I, I, I look forward to it as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, that's Ron DeSantos. There's another Santos. George Santos, the guy who is... I don't know what he is. George Santos, the new, uh, well, he's not a seated congressman yet because they haven't been sworn in yet because we don't have a speaker yet. But he was there in the chamber today sitting notably by himself. I guess nobody likes him much. Hey, George Santos, um, this song's for you. Take it away, Lauren Mayer. There's a congressman who got elected from Long Island. Now we're learning that he's lied about his whole life, about his schools, jobs, grandparents. He claimed were Holocaust survivors. Said he's out and gay, but forgot to mention his wife. Tons of things he's claimed about himself are for the birds. He dismisses outright lies as a poor choice of words. Now that he's been called out and his back's against the wall, his latest excuse is the most ludicrous of all. As accusations spray him like a siphon, he says he just forgot the hyphen. Jewish does not mean Jewish. What garbage, what chutzpah, what trafe. After reports keep on busting him, the liar says trust in him. He can't claim he's Jewish and also Catholic. Plus we heard him say he's a Jew. There's so much else we deserve to know. Like where did he get his dough? Nothing he says is true. To claim he lost employees in a shooting's not just silly. It's offensive as can be. He's the political equivalent of Millie Vanilli. So perfect for the GOP. This schmuck, this putz, this goniff is flakier than a kanish. His party from him won't quarantine unless he were a drag queen. And he's not Jewish. Just ish. Lauren Mayer. Oh, he's not Jewish, just 
ish. Lauren Mayer, find her at Lauren's Comedy. And yes, Santos, DeSantos, let's call them both off. Caroline Good, good one. Uh, someone should do a song. All right. Uh, tomorrow is Wednesday. Uh, the house will be at it again. And uh, I'll keep track of it so you don't have to, and we'll let you know what's going on. And then we'll be joined by Will Bunch. Will Bunch, um, good friend of the show, uh, columnist, national columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And we haven't spoken with Will in a while. And, boy, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot to uh, talk about. So uh, that's what we'll do tomorrow. Um, keeping up the rest of the week, Thursday, of course, Howie Klein will be here. And Friday is January 6th. And, well... On January 6th, we will have Marcy Wheeler back for a return visit to bring us up to speed. And what she said she'll work on between now and then is a post at EmptyWheel.net on what we learned from the January 6th committee report and try to weave it into what we know about the work, the investigations underway at the Department of Justice. And no one can fill us in on that stuff like Marcy Wheeler can. So that's our week. Pretty good week for the beginning of the year. It would be nice if uh, <laughs> if Congress could get their shit together and, you know, get a speaker named. But I have a feeling it's going to be a while. So settle in and watch the Republicans get nothing at all done. Welcome to the 118th Congress. All right, everyone, with that, we're done. I'll leave you with the news, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. The 118th Congress officially convenes at noon Eastern time as the U.S. House of Representatives elects a speaker or not. They'll start with a prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance and a quorum call and immediately launch into a roll call vote to elect the speaker. Get the popcorn ready. It's been a 100 years since the election for speaker went to a second ballot. But indications are that today will be historical, perhaps hysterical, too. Of the 434 members set to be sworn in, 222 are Republicans. If every one of them shows up and casts a vote, McCarthy needs 218 of them, and he doesn't appear to be close. Reports are that his plan is to keep voting over and over until he finally wears down the opposition and gets the gavel. Now, Democrats could step in and make things less painful, but they won't. By the way, no business can start in the House until a speaker is chosen. Even members will not be sworn in until after the race is decided. Making things even potentially more awkward, Kevin McCarthy has been moving his stuff into the Speaker's office. And in case you are wondering, Republican-ish George Santos will take his seat in Congress today well, if they get that far, under the shadow of active probes by federal and local prosecutors into potential criminal activity during his campaign. And now, word from Brazil is that law enforcement authorities intend to revive fraud charges against George Santos and will seek his formal response. The case, stemming from an incident in 2008 regarding a stolen checkbook, had been suspended for the better part of a decade because authorities were unable to locate him. That's just one of many sideshows we can expect in the Republican-led House of Representatives of the 118th Congress. Over on the Senate side, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell officially becomes the longest-serving party leader in Senate history, passing Mike Mansfield, whose 16 years in the job ended in 1977. McConnell marking the occasion today by making nice with the Democratic President Joe Biden and the governors of Kentucky and Ohio, who are all appearing today celebrating last year's bipartisan trillion-dollar infrastructure bill and the long-awaited reconstruction of a bridge. Bernie Sanders today moves from his position as chair of the Senate Finance Committee to become chair of the HELP Committee. That's the U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. And reportedly, healthcare lobbyists are bracing. Sounds good to me.
Outside of D.C., another major storm is barreling across the country, bringing the risk of strong tornadoes and flooding to the south and ice and snow to the plains and upper Midwest today. This comes just days after the same storm system hit California with dangerous flooding, forcing water rescues and evacuations. More than 12 million people across the south are currently under flood watches, with the heaviest rainfall expected in parts of southwest Alabama and southeast Georgia. Meanwhile, more than 15 million people are under winter weather alerts from Utah to Wisconsin. Officials urging people there to avoid unnecessary travel and to pack emergency kits in their vehicles to stay prepared. Meanwhile, nearly 50,000 homes and businesses remain without power in California as some areas brace for up to eight more inches of rain that could trigger more flooding following that historic New Year's Eve storm. I guess that's one way to end a drought. Well, with the start of the new year come new laws and this disturbing trend. Thirteen years ago, only two states, Vermont and Alaska, allowed residents the right to openly carry a gun without a permit. But now, with Alabama making that change, half of the 50 American states allow people to carry handguns without a permit. Amazing. And then this. The war waged by Russia against Ukraine is nearing its first anniversary. As news of Ukrainian strikes on a former Russian vocational school being used as a barracks and ammo storage in the Russian-occupied eastern Donetsk region reportedly killed at least 63 Russian troops. This, as other reports that Russia continues to bombard Ukrainian cities, the Ukrainian military claiming it shot down at least 40 Russian drones and a cruise missile. Happy New Year, everybody. And finally, the football viewing nation was shocked Monday night when Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field mid-game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tuesday morning, he's listed in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest. A team spokesman said Hamlin's heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was then taken to a Cincinnati hospital where he remains sedated and on a ventilator. The NFL postponed the game, saying details on what happens next would come at an appropriate time, adding that Hamlin's well-being is their top priority. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports, I invite you to check out The Nicole Sandler Show. It airs live weekdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern and is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, the show is always posted at NicoleSandler.com, where there's tons of content for your viewing, listening, and reading pleasure.